Thank you, JR. And uh, thank you for the worship team uh, for leading us into God's presence. Uh, good morning. It is great to see everyone this morning. Um, I think it's probably appropriate for me to give just a little bit of an update. Um, as uh, I think Stephen mentioned, Pastor Corey's not here today. Uh, that's, that's very unusual. He is always here. Um, and uh, I don't know if you saw the churchwide email or if you're on the, the email distribution, but uh, yesterday he, he contacted me and he said that his face had swollen up and uh, he had uh, an allergic reaction of some kind. And so he, he went into urgent care uh, yesterday, yesterday morning. And, and the doctor confirmed, you know, that it's nothing serious, but he had some kind of allergic reaction to uh, a bug bite or an insect bite. Um, I, you know, pretty unusual, but, uh, you know, it got swollen. He said his eyes were kind of swollen shut. And even this morning, he said he's still a little bit like that. So he didn't want to scare anyone by coming to church and, like, looking all like, and so he's, uh, I think he's doing better, um, but uh, he, he's at home resting. They gave him steroids and medication, and so yay to the steroids, yeah, right? Um, this morning, I'd like to begin by uh, um, showing you something that I carry around in my wallet, and uh, no, it's not a picture of my kids and, or my wife, uh, not my credit card, but it's, um, let's see, it's, it's this card, this card that I have, and I uh, asked Andrew to, yeah, um, make a slide of it, and so this is my, my Medtronic implant card, okay, I, um, I, I carry this around with me, and, uh, well, Medtronic implant card, I didn't realize how sci-fi that sounds, <laughs> um, it is, uh, you can see, it's a picture of a heart and, and then some specific information. I received this card in 2013 after I had a heart attack, right? So I had a heart attack in October 2013, and they give you this card um, when they insert a stent, and they implant a stent in your artery to open up your artery, um, it, you know, if you're like me and, and you have a heart attack, um, and so, um, uh, let me just, you know, read a couple of things on this card. The reason I carry it, it says, please carry this card at all times and show it to any medical personnel who may treat you. Note, if you need, uh, if you need an MRI, be sure to tell your doctor or technician that you have a stent implant. And so that's the purpose of this card, you know, is... Um, is to let medical personnel, you know, anytime I can at least show this to them, for them to know, right, that I have a stent implant um, in my chest. And uh, I don't really know, you know, I see this. Um, so I had the heart attack in October 2013. Down here in the bottom left, I see this date, like February 13th, 2015. So I hope that's not like an expiration date. <laughs> for the stent, you know, like it's going to go bad or something, but um, I'm not really sure what that, <laughs> what that date is. Um, but it is a reminder to me, right? I don't think about it all that much, but it is a reminder to me um, that I need to take care of my heart. I need to keep an eye on my cholesterol level, uh, my blood pressure, 
my triglycerides, um, and I need to do those things that will keep my heart healthy um, because I'm at risk, right? I'm at risk, and my, my heart won't stay healthy um, if I don't take care of it. Um, so I, I, um, you know, I wanted to just share that with you, and I think you'll, you'll kind of see how it ties in. But, um, you know, something that I also thought about in approaching this message was that, uh, you know, back in the 1990s, okay, sounds like ancient history, um, there was a popular infomercial for a rotisserie oven where, uh, you know, you put your food in, you put your chicken on the, on the spit, and... It says, uh, the slogan for the product was, just set it and forget it. Um, does anyone remember that, that infomercial, kind of? Um, see this, just set it and forget it. Oh, I don't know what that with Bennett is, but uh, <laughs> um, it was, you know, kind of a, a popular infomercial, and the slogan became uh, very popular. And um, I think along these same lines, you know, it's kind of like we want these things for our life. We would like to be able to set it and forget it. There are things in our lives that we would like to put on cruise control, right, and not, and not worry about. But I think for most things, and I think we understand this, for most things in our life, um, that doesn't work. The important things in your life need attention. They need attention. Your finances need attention. Your studies regularly need attention. Your relationships need attention. And your health, your health needs attention. And there are a lot, uh, you know, many more things. Just pointing out some of the the bigger things. Um, But set it and forget it. You know, operating in cruise control is a recipe for disaster for the big things in your life. Um, And as we look at our passage this morning, we'll see that Jesus, Jesus cares about how we pay attention to our hearts, the condition of our hearts. Okay, now I'm not talking about necessarily our physical, our physical heart, right? The organ in our bodies pumping blood and oxygen out. Um, I'm talking about our spiritual heart. And Jesus cares about our physical well-being as well. But here I'm talking about the spiritual heart, the seat of our inner life. Okay, the place where God connects with you. This is our heart. And my question this morning is how is your heart? As you sit here right now in the sanctuary, in worship service, as you open up God's word, as you pray, as we spent time in worship, as you come before the Lord, I want you to take a moment and think, how is your heart? Our scripture text this morning is is just three verses, okay, and so you know, I hadn't planned to preach this morning, and so all of this has really been a last-minute kind of, um, you know, work towards asking God to just provide. And, um, um, but we're going to look at three verses this morning, 
And so I'm going to ask for something a little different. I'm going to ask if you would stand. If you would stand right now, if you're able. And I'd like us to read God's Word together. I'd like to stand for the reading of God's Word. These three verses, the passage will be on the screen. Um, I hope. <laughs> uh, and we're looking at Luke six forty-three through 45. And so let's read out loud and read together. Okay. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Let's pray. Lord, we offer this word up to you. Lord, we thank you for your holy scripture. We thank you, Lord, that you provide this for us for, for direction, but even more important than direction and guidance and teaching, Lord, it is your word that you inhabit, Lord. And I pray that you would speak to us this morning, that you would reveal yourself to us through your word, and only your words would be spoken and, uh, and remembered this morning. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. So in our passage this morning here in Luke 6, we're continuing on in this, in this sermon series, right? New hope, new joy. And we see earlier in the chapter, in verse, um, in, in verse 17, actually, that Jesus, we'll see that Jesus is preaching to a large crowd that includes his disciples. And in verse 17, it says, he went down with them and stood at a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there, and great, a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, and from the coastal region around Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and be healed of their diseases. So Jesus is, is, is preaching here. From verse 17 on to the passage that we're looking at this morning, to late in chapter 6 and verses 43, 44, 45. And so he's already been preaching for a while. And he's taught the crowd things like love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, lend and give without expecting anything in return, forgive and you will be forgiven, and do not judge, do not condemn. See, these are challenging words that Jesus gives the, the people. Who can do such things? And then he follows up with this teaching that we just read about good and bad fruit coming from a good and bad tree. And good and evil coming from a person's heart. And so in our short time this morning, I hope to kind of put these you know, these two things together for us. In a short time in that we have uh, communion. But let me give you three, three takeaways drawn from Jesus' teaching here in these, in these three verses. The first is that all people bear fruit. All of us bear fruit. 
In verse 43, Jesus starts with this analogy that a good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. And that based on what kind of tree it is, we should know what to expect. We should expect a certain type of fruit. He's saying don't expect apples or bananas from an orange tree. Right? Don't expect figs right, from a thorn bush or briars. Right? Basically, he's saying that all trees produce some kind of fruit whether good or bad. And, you know, I know there are in some, some cases, and you guys probably know better than I do, you have, maybe you have fruit trees, you have trees. Some produce no fruit at all, right? Some may not produce any fruit in season. But I hope we can agree that if it's a fruit tree and it doesn't produce any, any fruit, we'll classify that also as a bad tree, as bad fruit. Right, so every tree produces something, And then Jesus relates this to a good man who produces good things from the good stored up within him. Or an evil man who produces evil things based on what's stored in his heart. And the point here is, what's clear, I think, is that we are all fruit bearers. You're a fruit bearer. I'm a fruit bearer. We are sowing something. Even at this moment in your life, you are producing something in your life, some type of fruit, whether it be good or bad. And when Jesus calls people to follow him, like he has called many of us as his followers and believers, when we see him here in chapter 6 calling the people, okay, he's, he's, he's making an outward call. He is not looking for passive believers He's not looking, okay, for those who've made a silent commitment and don't want to tell anyone and don't want to do anything about it. He's looking for people who will actively, right, exercise their faith. People that he will actively follow him. Jesus cares. He cares about the formation of your character and the testimony of your life. Like we saw earlier in chapter 6, when he calls people to himself, he's calling them to show love to their enemies, to to give generously to those in need, to forgive freely. Doing these things in the name of the Lord, these are good fruits. But sometimes we we don't do these things right? Sometimes we think these things are too hard or the person is too difficult to work with um, or I, I, I just don't feel like doing this. And if we aren't loving our enemies or giving generously or forgiving freely, then that means we're holding a grudge, right? The flip side is we're holding a grudge. We're acting selfishly. If we don't forgive, we're condemning others. And this, this is that other side. This is the bad fruit. Okay, more than anything, it means that we are ignoring Jesus' words and his commands. 
And so all people, all people bear fruit of one kind or another. The second, the second thing I draw from this is that fruit is the visible expression of an invisible process in one's life. In Greek, the, the word for fruit is karpos, K-A-R-P-O-S, karpos. It's what falls from the tree. It, it's what grows in the field, right? And it grows as a natural part of nature and what God does through nature. We also know that karpos here is a metaphor for a person's works or deeds. So last week when we, you know, we, uh, Pastor Corey spoke on taking the plank out of your own eye so that you can remove the speck from your brother's eye. Right? He says, if we don't do that, then what? What are we? Then we're hypocrites. Hypocrite was the word used for a stage actor, someone who, who plays a role. It's not who they really are. They're, they're acting. And I think Jesus makes a transition a little bit here when he says that fruit is the visible expression of what's going on in one's life. He's saying that you can only be a hypocrite for so long. See, in the long run, you can't really be a hypocrite. You may fake people out. You may put up a false front. You may seem like you're uh, doing well with the Lord, walking with the Lord um, for a period of time. But in the long run, you can't fake it. Because we see here in Scripture that good fruit comes from a good tree. Bad fruit comes from a bad tree. You can't fake being a good tree. The fruit will, be, the fruit will give it away. Fruit is the inevitable result of who we are. And though it may take time for the harvest to come, it may take time for things to reveal themselves. The good or bad fruit in our lives is evidence of what tree, what type of tree we really are. And so it is that visible expression. And I think these are challenging words from, from Jesus, saying that I can tell what kind of tree you are by the fruit you produce. Okay, so it's a visible expression Okay, but the good news, it's a, it's a work of God in your heart. It's also a work of God in your life. Good fruit is a work that God does. And that means that the process is often hidden. It's often invisible. We can't detect it all the time from each other, what God is doing in one's heart. You know, I learned in preparing for this message, you know, all in the last 20 hours here, <laughs> um, that good fruit doesn't just happen by chance. Okay? And, and many of you who, who, who farm and uh, who garden, right, 
you, I'm sure that you can attest to this, that it doesn't just happen by chance. Good real fruit, so I'm talking about now, talking about produce, talking about actual fruit, is the work of a gifted farmer. You can't just throw seed out and water it, right, and expect it to grow and have the fruit grow healthy. There's a balance between nitrogen in the soil. Foliage in the tree makes a difference. Allowing certain weeds to grow produces a blend of nutrients. You know, if it were up to me, it'd be like, oh, I just, you know, you'd think you'd pull every weed. Um, but certain weeds provide certain nutrients. Allowing certain bugs and insects to survive is part of good farming. Using fertilizer sparingly, right? I would dump the whole bag, you know, like dump the whole bag in water and think, okay, that's good, right? That's supposed to make it grow, right? But too much fertilizer makes it grow too quick. It weakens the tree. Um, watering, pruning, there's, there's so many elements, and I didn't know all these things, I, you know, I read these things, um, but there's so many parts to making good fruit grow. All this to have the best chance to br- produce the best fruit possible. This is the work that God is doing in your life. To make fruit, to make the best fruit possible in your life. And when you think about bugs and you think about um, uh, weeds and things like that, okay, sometimes in our lives, like we've talked about, there are difficult things going on in our lives. But know this, that God is using some of those things, okay, to make you a better tree, to produce better fruit in your life. This is the work that God does in your life. But even then, even with all of that, it's still somewhat of a mystery, okay, to farmers and to people, how things grow how nature works, how God does this in creation. How it all works together is still a mystery, and so it is, God, it is, is God's work in your life. It is a mystery. But one of the points I take, here, I take from here is that the good fruit in your life is not all about you. Jesus' call is not to try and be more perfect. It's not to try to will your way to love and good deeds. It is to give yourself to him. Give yourself to the Lord and allow him to work in you. In Galatians 5, and 23, the Apostle Paul, he talks about the karpos, the fruit of the Spirit. And he says it is a work of the Holy Spirit to produce in us that fruit. And that fruit that many of us know, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against which there is no law. Right? These, these are the fruits that God is wanting to work in your life, in our lives. 
And this leads to our last point. Our last point, fruit comes from the heart. The heart is the key. The Greek word for heart is cardia, right? Where we get the root word, where we get the word cardio, cardiovascular, cardiogram, cardiac. And I like the way Vine's Bible Dictionary describes the heart. It says the heart is used figuratively in the Bible for the hidden springs in a person's life. It is those things which is bubbling up, seeking to grow, seeking to grow good things. Hidden springs of the personal life. It says it contains the hidden man, the real man. It represents the true character, but it's concealed. And so like the health of our heart, we can't see. You can't tell outwardly. Right? What God is doing in our hearts cannot always see, but it is that hidden spring in your life. So connecting verses 43 and 45, the type of fruit we bear is a direct result of the kind of tree we are, which is determined by what we store up. This is verse 45, what we store up in our hearts. And if the fruit of if the fruit in our lives is a work of God in our hearts, then I ask you again, how is your heart? As we close, I want to do just a quick heart check with you. Okay, a quick heart check. And I don't, I don't have an like, EKG machine. You know, I didn't bring a blood pressure machine. Um, or anything like that, but let me give you three questions to check your heart. The first is, do you thirst for God? Psalm 42, 1 and 2 says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? Do you have that thirst for God to meet with him, to be with him? Or do you thirst for something else in your life instead, something that replaces the creator God? Second, are you governed increasingly by God's word? Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. See, there are so many voices that speak out to us today in our lives. Media, peers that we have, right? Coworkers, close family members. Whose words, what voices do you listen to to guide your way in life? And if it's those other voices, I want you to check to see that it lines up with the word of God. Are you governed increasingly by God's word? And then third, are you growing more loving? John 13, 34 and 35 says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. 
By this, everyone will know that you are, my, you are my disciples if you love one another. Do you care for others like you care for yourself? Do you treat others as those created in God's image? Are you growing more loving each day? Ephesians 2 says, and we're going to wrap up here, says we are saved by grace through faith. Okay, not of ourselves. But Jesus speaks clearly that the condition of your heart will dictate the work of your hands and the words of your mouth. And I think just like cholesterol and blood pressure and sugar levels are indicators of our health, the fruit of your life, what you see flowing out of your life over time is a barometer of Christ in your heart. See, God is in the process. He's in the process of forming your heart. And we're all in different places, but he is forming your heart. Allow him to do his work in you. Let's pray. Lord, we ask, Lord, that you would just enter our lives just more and you would permeate, Lord, our lives more and more. And as you do that, Father, that you would turn over things in our lives, things that need to be turned over. You would help us. uh, You would shine light on the things, Lord, that need to be illuminated, that you would give us your mind and your eyes, Lord. And as we do that, that you would work in our hearts. You would mold and shape us. You would transform us into your image, Lord, into the image of your Son. We pray, Lord, for your help. Lord, we're feeble people, and we ask for your strength each day and your encouragement, we pray, and we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.